Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome in. It's actually Conduit's a Trouble Time, which means Zolgad, Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune sports columnist, and my good friend and executive producing, uh, my definite friend, Declan Goff. Like, Chip's my good friend, Declan. Definite mean, friends. You're my sports son, so we're <laughs> definitely friends. Uh, all right, Chipper. Let's start with the most important thing. How do you feel about your longtime friend, Judd Zolgad, <laughs> being the spokesperson for Surly? <laughs> I am beyond jealous. <laughs> what, what, is, what is like 10 degrees higher than jealousy? That's what I am right now. I mean, Envy? It's, it's unbelievable. Like, so I think well-established it. Furious is my favorite beer of all time. I told my wife, I told my wife that you got this sponsorship and she's like, what? (laughs) She said, you could do that. I mean, I I do that. I sell it every, every (laughs) (laughs) it's like, this is the greatest beer ever. (laughs) Exactly right. I'm so jealous of you. Exactly right. You know what? Yeah. It's like, if there's ever a marriage in the world, it is Judd. Hawking beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a uh, common day Harry Carey chip. That's what I am. I'm a surly man. I'm a sports fan and a surly man. I am Harry Carey. All these oh years later, sing it with me. Here we go. <laughs> it's only a matter of time before I should be allowed to drink surly during the show, so that I can actually fulfill what Harry did. By being full of Budweiser by the uh, seventh inning of Cubs game. All think right. about think hey, think about that though for a second. Harry Carey drinking throughout a game. Like, oh, oh yeah, God, it would be great. Just it was great. Just uh, when you think about where we are today in modern times. Oh, well, just sitting up there just pounding beers throughout a game. Can you imagine how many probably things Harry said that would get you eliminated now? Oh my gosh! Like the Jack Morris thing. Daily, daily, probably. Yes. Yes. I mean, he said right now he would, yes, he would probably offend any numbers of group of people once per game. Yeah. <laughs> God bless him. Yeah, um, exactly. All right. So we were both out at the Vikings on Wednesday. You, you wrote a column in the Thursday Star Tribune, or you can find startribune.com about Kellen Mond. I want your overall assessment about how you feel about this team entering preseason game two. And now as we approach the September 12th opener at Cincinnati, how do you feel about the Vikings? Um, I still think their frontline 
I had obviously concerns about the offensive line. Um, I, I would say I have real concerns about Anthony Barr at this point. I, who knows what's going on there? Yep. Um, you know, obviously they have individual talents that are special with Dalvin and Jefferson and um, Kendricks and Daniil Hunter, and so they have some they have some stars. I, I still feel like the expectation should be playoffs for this team, Judd, but there's definitely some areas. Um, that are concerning. Offensive line, I just don't know that they uh, are going to be substantially better than what we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the bar injury, and as and I wrote about this today in, in writing about Mod, as durable as, as Cousins has been, and he's been, you look back at it, I don't think he's missed a game since 15 for injury. Right. Um, I just don't know how, if you have a veteran team that the expectation is playoffs, you can go into the season with either Browning or Mond as your backup quarterback. And, it, it, you know, people can say, well, you're worrying too much about the backup quarterback. But with with the COVID thing out there with, you know, is, is Cousins going to go his entire career without an injury, you know, as a starter? Um, I just – the way those two played last weekend or Saturday in the in the preseason opener, and I don't know who the quarterback is out there you go get, but there has to be somebody that's going to come available cuts or whatever yep. um that has some nfl experience because I, I just think you're you're really tempting you're gambling by if you go into it with one of those guys as your number two yes and i'm very comfortable with mond being three like that's fine sure, and, sure. and you can learn and it's going to be it sh- should be a a chance to basically be a redshirt quarterback which i'm fine with uh but i don't think browning can be your backup and and you know what um chip now um his arm and this guy, when Cousins was out, threw tons of passes. But his arm looks like it's weakening. I, I think he's got camp arm at this. So yeah, there. You got to go get somebody. I think, if nothing else, off the waiver wire who's played in in regular season games, and those guys are yeah. around and they they will surface. Um, but yeah, it's a, so. Here's what's weird. I'm with you on the feeling that the expectations need to be playoffs and i think the entire team zimmer spielman know that um and i i hesitate to read too much into things but it also feels like something's just a little bit off and and it sort of started with the cousins um being forced into quarantining um it feels like something's just a little bit off there's a lack of uh, there's a lack of something at the practices and i but i don't know how much to read into that exactly and say oh my god it's 2010 (laughs) Or is this just a blip of some sort that September 12th we're all going to have forgotten about? Well, I'll say this. Um, it has, you know, smooth sailing. <laughs> this training camp, when you can just check down the list, you got you had to reassign an assistant coach because he didn't get the vaccinated. The whole cousins and all the other vaccination, unvaccinated story that came up. You lost B.C. Johnson. Eh, he's not your, you know, frontline guy, but he's a top four wide receiver for you. Um, Jeff Gladney, you had to dismiss him because of the charges. Yeah. This Anthony Barr thing now, whatever it is he has going on. Uh, Justin Jefferson had a scare with his injury. So there's been a lot. And then the, the you know, the first preseason game was a debacle. And so it, there's just been a lot of kind of, I don't know if nagging is the right thing, but just kind of, you know, this is not smooth. And, and we talked about the other day, I don't think Cousins has been sharp in practice. Nope come back. I mean, he, there, there's some posts he's just missing that he normally makes. And so you're like, 
and I and, and I, I agree with you. I, I hesitate to read too much into that because it's, it is practice, and you know you, you could get carried away analyzing every throw in practice. But um, it hasn't been as sharp, I think, as you would as you'd normally expect. And so, I guess that's a long way of saying, mate. You know, I I don't want to read too much into it because I still think the talent's there. I mean, you look at their defense line; they're going to be good. Yeah, um, agreed. I think if Barr's there, the linebacker's good. I mean, cornerback, you need Patrick Peterson to be – I don't say he has to be Patrick Peterson, but he needs to be a reasonable um, version of himself. He he not- Chip, he, he needs to be, in my opinion, Terrence Newman here. So what Terrence Newman became here, which, by the way, for an old guy was pretty damn good, he needs to be that guy. So you're not a shutdown guy, but you provide stability and you know what you're doing. Yeah, and, and um, because, you know, Breland with his, you know, coming back from the injury, I think he'll be okay. Um, but that, you know, Mackenzie Alexander will be a fine nickel corner, I think, right? Yep. Um, I think Danzler's had just awful camp, to be honest with you. Every time I see him, I mean, he had a bad game with the big – 80 yard play the other day, but even in, in camp, you watch practice, he's just not playing well. Um, so I don't know how much faith Zimmer has in him right now. Um, but I think if, if, if Peterson, Peterson can be pretty good, um, I think you feel okay about the secondary. So, so I mean, there's, you know, I, I, I don't think anything I've seen, even though it hasn't been smooth, um, nothing's really knocked me off my expectations that this should be a playoff team. The thing that I really liked about the decision to play backups against the Broncos in the first preseason game too, Chip, is it did show you that your depth in some places is really lacking. But I'd rather find that out right now than I would in week two. Um, but, I mean, there, there are some definite places where, where this team is going to have to, if nothing else, as we see cuts. And I think the cut from 80 to 53, which is going to obviously flood the market with players, is August 31st. Um, but in addition to backup quarterback, linebacker, the backups there, and if bars out yeah. because I so so Cam Smith retired after he had heart surgery last year. He retired on Wednesday, which is you know probably smart move. Um, but with bar out there, you're running guys like Conley through there, and you're yeah. running guys that I don't really trust. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they need to explore the waiver wire for linebackers slash special teams guys and potentially safety too. So that Broncos game to me showed some really interesting and probably valuable deficiencies to see now in the backups. And and also the fact that they're bringing in Everson Griffin for a workout tells you they don't have a whole lot of confidence in Weatherly or Wanham at this point. Um, The fact that you feel like you needed to bring a guy in to work out tells you they're not satisfied with what they're seeing there. So um, whether it's, you know, Everson or somebody that gets cut, they clearly want to do something to upgrade that side. Uh, Zimmer was pretty blunt when asked about his linebackers after that game. Uh, Saturday, he basically said he didn't see any of note, you know. And, and so I, I think I think you'll see this roster. It wouldn't surprise me if they pick up two or three, four guys. Um, so when, when we say final 53, on cut day is not the final fifty three because I I think they're going to subtract an ad still as a as the waiver wire goes but um 
I mean, is there going to be an offensive lineman there? I mean, I think I I, I would assume um, you know Odu is going to uh, win the job, but I I, I think yeah. White is going to have to be the starter before long. I just think he's probably the more talented guy, you know. Um, but I mean, Rashad Hill is that? I guess you're they're going with it. I mean, they, they keep talking confidence that he's your left tackle, but um, I, I just feel like that might be an area too. If you, if there's a surprise cut in somebody's camp, whether it's a, because a lot of times you'll see a veteran that's making more money, you know, gets a little bit out, might be even with the younger guy. And he's like, ah, let's just go with the younger guys to get cheaper. And so there might be a guy who's yeah. kind of a, can still play, but just might have a too big a price tag for that team. Some of those guys might be coming on the, on the, on the market, they'll, they'll be able to, you know, sign. It's my belief that actually, if things on the offensive line remain the same here, Chip, that the Vikings are actually go the Vikings will enter 2021 with a weaker, more suspect offensive line than they did last year because Reef is gone. Reef was a yeah. good player last year. The Darisaw thing, the, the bar and Darisaw thing, I think the Darisaw thing concerns me more. I mean, he's doing, he can't do a thing. He just had another procedure and you can call it minor and a cleanup all you want. Uh, but, but this is strike two of, can we get this thing fixed? So like assuming it's just, oh, Darisaw is fine now. Okay. We all assume that including Spielman, I think back in January. So the Darisaw thing is a big deal because I think Rashad Hill should be on the roster. And I think he's a nice yeah, backup sure. swing tackle, but that's it. And the guard and the guard thing, I'm with you, and I don't understand for the life of me why Wyatt Davis is not at least second team guard now. Like Dakota yeah. Dozier played 17 snaps on Saturday against the Broncos and was awful. What more do you need to see? And and Davis, no matter what you think about his weight or his his being prepared to play in this league, you know he came in on Saturday and played. He played well enough to at least jump to the second guy on the depth chart. So I don't know what they're doing, but I will go back to this, Chip. Last year, when we went through that entire right guard, okay, it's Elfline. Um, now it's Drew Samia. Okay, finally, it's Ezra Cleveland. I'd like to eliminate that song and dance and get to yeah. Wyatt Davis ASAP. <clears throat> well, and it, it's, you know, okay, he showed up to camp a little overweight. So I'm sure there's, uh, you know, there's going to be some punishment involved there, and you're not just going to automatically throw him with the ones or twos if you're mad at him because he didn't come in in shape. And I get that. I mean, you you know, it's a rookie. You got to learn. Hey, you got to come to camp at the weight they want you at. So I understand that. But if he's your best guy by week three, then he or whatever, however however long you want to punish him, you know, yep. and make him have to earn it, then then. Uh, but if he's your best guy, put him in there. And I, I agree with Dozier. I. Obviously, they like him for some reason, but I, I still think at the end of the day, I, I'll be surprised if he makes this team. I just don't see how you can. Um, and but you know, is it worse than last year? The thing, the thing to me about this line is like there's other than the right tackle, we don't know. Correct. We honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cleveland showed some things last year when he got in there, but he's not established. Mm-hmm. Hill, we've seen him play. And I think he's done a, a good job as a as a swing guy and fill in, but that's a whole lot different than saying we want you to start 17 games on the left side and, and go against the best pass rush. That's a totally different thing. Um, the center, 
mean, is he going to be better against these big old? And I do think it probably helps having to go against that mountain every day in practice. <laughs> you know, uh, Pierce is just so big. So I think that probably helps them. But but there's just so many question marks and unknowns. And, and we just can't sit here and say with any definitive way that, okay, this, they're going to be really bad, really good in middle. Because it's just there's so many question marks with them. I, it's just hard to know even what the ceiling is for that group. Yep. And that's the thing is you, you don't know. And, and th- this is the problem with the draft too. You make assumptions. Oh, first round pick. He's going to step in opening day and be fine. And by the way, I make that assumption too, right? Yeah. Because in April you're like, Oh, Christian Darisaw, this is going to be great. Great pick. But there's so many variables when it comes to a rookie at any uh, draft slot that you just don't know. And now if you're going Hill at left tackle and, and cause I, Draft when the draft got done, didn't you think, okay, Darisaw is your left tackle and Wyatt Davis is your right guard, and it might not work perfect, but you've got two fairly high draft picks. And both <laughs> of them clearly are not going to be starting on opening day. And here's the thing. I was talking to uh Arif and Matthew Collar yesterday at practice, and, and both of them I think it was Arif had a great line and it's almost still his line. Uh give him credit. But when they after draft night, everybody said they fixed the offensive line. Yep. No, they invested in the offensive line. They didn't necessarily fix it. And I think that's a great way to look at it. It's like, yes, you invested in it in ways that we haven't seen before, but that doesn't guarantee it's fixed. And so, and it doesn't guarantee these guys are going to be starters uh, in the first year. And so that, that, you know, I think that's the right way to look at it is that they finally, they changed the narrative about neglecting the line. Yes. Those years. But now it just comes down to, did you pick the right guys and are they going to develop? And there's so many things that factor into that. It's not just just because they're first rounders or third rounders or played at Ohio State that it's going to be smooth sailing. Right. And especially when, when you're dealing with a head coach that probably doesn't really favor playing rookies if he doesn't have to, which Mike doesn't. And so, so like, I think Darisaw, if Darisaw was not hurt, I think he plays. I do too. The, the yeah. Davis thing, I'm with you. I think that's a, whoa, you came in a little bit overweight. You're young. You're taking things for granted. And look, he might be right there. But the thing is, you've just converted a guy from tackle to guard, and that's concerning as well. And this thing has been a mess for so long now. And plus, the other sort of variable is this one. So so you've got a converted tackle at right guard. You've got Ezra Cleveland, who was a left tackle in college and then became mm-hmm. a right guard and is now at left guard. So if if we were all like, okay, they're going to get more stability and that's going to help Garrett Bradbury at center, that's out the window now. So now the real question is, can Garrett Bradbury help both of those guys and how, mm-hmm. how improved against the, against the rush is he going to be? And I'm with you. I think that going against Tomlinson and Pierce on a daily basis helps. Um, but I also don't think that you can make Garrett Bradbury bigger than he is. And there's just so yeah. many athletic mammoth men now that can move guys like Garrett Bradbury. Yeah, and that, that's the problem. It's like it's not like you're facing two or three big guys a year that are that size. I mean, every team's trying to get those athletic nose tackles now and that are built like refrigerators. And so he's going to be undersized against these guys. And just it's it's, you know, can he – can he hold up better than he did because just way too many times. And, and part of that was exasperated by the awful guard play. Yep. So will the guard play be better this year? You know, you, you would think Cleveland would be better year two than, than year one. And I honestly don't know anything about 
holy Udu. I mean, I don't, is it, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's played seven games and he's at tackle. Right. I, I don't know how good he's going to be, but um, it'll be interesting to see how Zimmer handles this, this uh, preseason game Saturday. Cause on the one hand, I mean, you think you want to get your starters some playing time, but also after how poorly it went in, in the opener, yep, you probably are tempted to play those backups a lot just to see yeah. what you have, you know, see if you can see anything more. So I don't know how he'll do it. Pierce and Tomlinson, Pierce and Tomlinson both said a couple of days ago that they're going to play for sure. Um, Kirk tried to claim that he's going to be told on Friday or Saturday. He's not sure when. But yeah. it, sound, it sounds like they're going to try it and at least get the starters in. I guess my question is this, too. What's the strategy going to be now cutting back from four preseason, preseason games to three? And, like, are you going to play the starters a little bit on Saturday and more in preseason game three? Because if I'm not mistaken, there's now basically a bye till the regular season starts. Or are yeah, you going to try and play more in game two and not in game three and treat that like you used to treat game four? That would be my guess. I think I think you'll see teams play their starters more in game two and then sit everybody in game three, because um, that's you know that is your last evaluation of guys that are on the fringe and and you know it does give you time if if guys get injured in game two that gives you a little more extra time. So I I don't think I'd mess with playing starters in that in the last one. I would treat that like the you know the old fourth one. Here's the one guy I wouldn't play, Dalvin Cook. Don't need to see him. Okay, no, no, Dalvin, no. Thir- thirty three. You're good. Yeah, no I wouldn't pads, play. No helmet. In fact, give me your helmet. Give me your shoulder pads. I'm taking them away. I don't need to see you until September 12th. Yeah, I wouldn't play Dalvin. I wouldn't play Jefferson. I'm not Jefferson sure. I won't play. I don't think at all. Yeah, he went with the, the injury. I don't know if I'd play Thielen. Um, I don't know. You know, Kendricks, Hunter. I, I, <clears throat> I, do they, unless, they, unless they feel like, hey, can I have a series of two just to get the game speed, you know, any stuff like that. But I, you don't need to see those guys. You know what you got there. Why risk it? And for sure, you don't put any more hits on Dalvin than he's going to get in the regular season. So um, he should wear sweatpants all three games. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I never need to see him. I never need yeah. to see him until the season starts. Um, On mine, since you did a column on him in the Star Tribune, what are your thoughts there? Like, what, what did you think? It was a very mixed uh, bag of goodies yeah. on Twitter on Saturday, because some folks were like, oh, this looks fantastic, and we were all like, yeah, it looks okay, but not fantastic. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Kellen Mond and what the expectation for this year should be as far as seeing if he can eventually, I, I use the word eventually, become the starter? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think it just requires patience, and you know, and it <laughs> was pretty critical of him after, you know, saying he's slow motion and um you know, he's laid back and he's got to come out of his shell. And he had that kind of weird answer when, when asked, when Courtney asked him if Zimmer, if his lack of pass attempts was because he didn't have practice time. And Mike's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that right now. Right. Okay. Um, right. I mean, he missed 10 days of practice. I, I guess I'm a little bit surprised he even played. I mean, he, I'm sure he was so far behind physically. Maybe his head was probably spinning a little bit. I think, he, I think he's just raw. I mean, I, I think I think it's just going to be a process. It takes a long time. I mean, the difference in expectations between a first round quarterback and a third round are enormous, right? Um, yeah. So I agree with you. To me, this is a total redshirt year. Work on whatever mechanics they want you to work on. Work on all the different 
physical things and mental things. Sounds like he's learning the book pretty well. He's got a pretty good grasp of that. And they, Zimmer was happy the way he's practiced this week. So he said his best practices and he's playing a lot faster. And I, I actually stopped Mon just for a question yesterday. He's the last guy for field and asked about, you know, Zim said he has some good practices. You're playing faster. He said, yeah, he's been made a conscious ever do that. And he said, sometimes he thinks too much when he's out there. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there's a million things going through his head right now. Absolutely. And so he's, he's probably spinning a little bit. Um, but I just think it's so early and he's so raw that we can't sit here and say, yeah, he's going to be the starter this year, next year, whatever, you know, we, or ever. We don't know. I mean, right. it's just, just so early to, um, to know. So I, I, if they tell you he's the number two coming out of camp, I would be, that would make me a little nervous if I was the Vikings knowing if he could, if, you know, Something happened to Kurt. Would you feel? Would you entrust him? Feel good turning things over to him at this point? I, you know, that would I be. Guess if you had, I guess if you had a game, you could say, okay, we're going to run Dalvin thirty times and hope our defense turn gets. Turn, but I, I just, I don't think that's something you'd want to do for an extended period this year. That would be malpractice. He shouldn't play in a game. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, because you can. It is possible to ruin players. Like you can, especially at that position. Um. Yeah. So if if he if he elevates at any time to the backup QB, I lose a lot of faith in the decision of the staff because I like the pick. I mean, you know what? It might work, which is awesome. But um, but this is, to your point, this is not a first-round pick. It's a third-round pick. You have the ability at the third round to be like, hold off on the pressure here. Let's yeah, get yeah. you in. And I, I sense, and I mean, this is just the power of observation. I sense Mond as a sponge. Like I see him doing a lot of work after practice, working hard, um, being around things. Like I don't sense he is distant or or not. No, no, no. Or, th- or thinks he's too good for things, which is you know an important thing for a quarterback. Um, so I think he's a sponge, and I think he's going to learn a ton in on the field, in the meeting rooms. But if these yeah. guys <clears throat> say, "Well, Jake Browning really can't play," but we got Kellen Mond, that is a massive mistake. Yeah, it's funny. I was watching him yesterday, and he, was, he stayed after was working with a couple of receivers on a play or something, what different routes. But he, there's one moment where he was here kind of on the field by himself, and he was – you could tell he was, like, talking to himself because he was making hand gestures like my first yes. read there, my second read there. Seen yes. Yeah, so, you know, I thought that's kind of cool that in some ways his, his mind, he's processing all this. There's mm-hmm. probably a million things going on in his mind. He's thinking, okay – on this play, I'm looking here, I'm looking there, this one I'm looking. But the fact that he's spending extra time on the field to try to get this stuff down and get it right, that's encouraging for, for a young quarterback that you feel like he's putting in, investing the time that he needs it. But it's just, I thought Cousins was right yesterday when he, he talked about it. He said, when you're a young quarterback, it's a roller coaster. You know, you're going to have days where you're thinking, okay, I'm making progress, and then days where you, you think the sky's falling, where I'm just not very good. Right. And you just have to keep, you just have to go through it. There's no, no other way around it just to have to go through it. And so he said, it's, it's a long process and it's a roller coaster. And I think that's, I think that's the right way to look at what Mond is going through. This is going to be a long process to see if he can become a starting quarterback for you. Speaking of making snap decisions and analysis, how much of the Justin Fields Kool-Aid are you buying? Because I I will say this: if Justin Fields turns out to be good, it's very well known that the Vikings tried to trade up to get him. I don't know if they saw or knew Chicago was too, yeah. um, but but this to me this to me has uh, an 
chance to be a really interesting story arc for a long time uh, because he's gotten off to, to the, you know, he's looked great in practices and he looked great in preseason game one, which by the way, I am, I have no idea. That's one preseason game. Yeah. Defenses are playing, you know, completely vanilla, but what's your, like, what's your buying of the Justin Fields Kool-Aid being sold from Chicago? Yeah. The thing is, is happening here, we would do the same thing. Like if you get a, mm-hmm. in your quarterback situation, it's been atrocious. hundred percent. And you get this guy and you trade it for him and all of a sudden he sets the world on fire for a free season. Can game. you imagine right now if he came out and played oh. well with Kirk still there? Oh, yeah. Can you we, imagine the storylines from here? Oh, my I God. We, it would be, yeah, we would go overboard. And so I understand the the euphoria that they're probably feeling there and that, oh, my gosh, this guy is, you know, they've anointed him, you know, the Hall of Famer and all that. Um, hey, you know, when you watch him in Ohio State, I mean, there's a reason he went that high and there's a reason he went first. I mean, he's a talented guy. I mean, he's a really talented player. Um, and so, but you uh, obviously you need to see more than one preseason game and a bunch of yeah. camp practices, but I will say the, the physical and mental makeup is there, right? Everything is there. And it's, 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 he has everything you'd want in terms of physical tools and, and understand the game and, and all that. Um, it's just, that position is so hard, Joe. We see quarterbacks, they just fail for reasons that are some out of their control, some in their control, and it's so hard to know who's going to be great and who's going to fail at that position. It's just yep. trying to predict it's impossible, you know. But I, I will say, if, if that same situation was happening here, we would we'd be going crazy, too. Oh, we'd be going nuts, and we would be – I mean, you you would have your, your faction of fans – saying, get Fields in there as a starter against the Bengals on September 12th, yeah. and then the Kirk stands would be there being like, no, you got to give Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and Kirk wouldn't – I don't think Kirk would take that well. So that that would be an incredibly interesting dynamic. But I think to what you're talking about, Chip, you can't make any judgment on a guy like Fields until he actually plays in a game against a defense that's schemed for him. Yeah. And then and then what what's interesting about that is – in year two, you begin to make a judgment based off of what opposing teams saw on film from year one. So, like, it's like there's two, there's at least two chapters to, okay, team scheme for what they thought that you might be good at and you were successful. And then there's, okay, now they know for sure. Can you still adjust to what they're doing and beat them again? And and you're getting blitz differently and, and yeah. more. I thought, I thought Cousins had a good, interesting point the other day that uh, yesterday that I didn't really think about, had never thought about, but. I forgot the question, but he was talking about the timing. And and he said, you know, when you wear that red jersey in practice, you can get a false sense because you're not getting sacked. You're not getting hit. And so you think, yeah, I'm not, not going to get hit, so I can hang on to the ball a little bit longer. He said, so he's as he's gotten older, he's he's tried to keep that clock in his mind. He's like, this ain't going to happen in the game. I can't sit here this long. And this is not real. You know, this pass rush is not real. And so he he really forces himself to try to – manufacture how long he really has in the pocket. And so and that, those are things you don't know, right? When you're wearing a red shirt, you, you're not getting hit in practice. And yeah, in the preseason, they're, they're trying to sack you, but it's, you're not getting blitzed the way you would. And you said they're not scheming for you. So, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fascinated. I mean, cause if it, if it works, there's going to be a lot of people here that are just going to second guess the hell out of that one. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds in lake muck. Yeah. 
Aquasite has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. Well, they're going to melt down. Yeah. Because, I mean, we, we know for a fact the Vikings tried to get up to get him. Um, mm. I, I've heard that they didn't exactly uh, make offers that were great. And then to have a team in your division jump you and get that guy. You know, yeah, if, if, he had gone to, if he had gone to the AFC, you'd be like, okay, that's too bad. But... You know, you're going to see them once every, what, five years or something like that. Yeah. This is going to be twice a year. And by the way, it's a team that has not had a great quarterback probably since Sid Luckman. You know, Ever. Yes, was Luckman, pretty yeah. good. McMahon won a Super Bowl, but those weren't the answers. So, yeah, this is going to be one where the absolute worst case was you don't get him, and then a team in your division that's been starved for a quarterback gets him. Mm-hmm. And now you're there with Kirk, and Kirk's okay, but you were like, I really like that guy. So, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be – if Justin Fields takes over for Dalton and starts to play well, just wait for the stories. Just wait for and the I, columnists like you. I know. Well, I haven't seen – has has now you come out and said what they're going to do. I mean, it's still so early in camp. You're Dalton's going to start. I think Dalton's going to start. And Dalton actually came out yesterday or a couple days ago and said, Justin Fields looks great, but this is my time, which means he's Dude, completely yeah. screwed. Can you imagine the pressure on Dalton? I mean – It's you, Fitzpatrick last year, Chip. You know darn well he knows that everybody in that, in that market's rooting like heck for him to fail so they can, so they can get the rookie in there. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same thing, right? as Tua and Fitzpatrick in Miami last year. Yeah. It's the it, same exact thing. It'll be interesting to see what kind of um, rope they give him to. I mean, it, it's. If Fields. If Fields <sighs> I don't know what the patience good, level. Yeah. I don't know what the patience level with the coaching staff will be with, with Dalton. Much like with Fitzpatrick. My guess is this. If Fields continues to look the part and looks like he can do it. It's not that Dalton's going to lose his job because he plays. Yeah terribly it's he's going to lose his job because of the patience now right or wrong on first round yeah. quarterbacks is okay let's play him hey. i mean how many of these these guys chip fitzpatrick i, I believe it was tyrod taylor with the chargers R- last year russell russell wilson you go way back to them remember they they, they signed yes. uh, what's the name for green bay and then, and then they draft russell wilson like rookie's better yep. <laughs> he's, a, he's a better chance to win so yep you have to go with hey I know, I know with with that position, it's, it can be delicate, and you know there are optics, and you have to worry about how that plays in a locker room and everything like that. That position, unlike any other, but guys aren't dumb; you can't fool them, right? If a guy's better, they know it, and if they feel like there's a a, a certain quarterback gives the team a better chance to win, you have to go with it. Whether whatever the, who's making what, how long guys stature in the league, you have to go with what gives your team the best chance to win. Patrick Beverly. To the Wolves, <laughs> your thoughts on, on a defensive player who, I guess, to be fair, has a questionable history when it comes to some of his tactics. Yeah, you know, I will say his histrionics drives me crazy. Like the flopping and the, you know, just all of it. But he does bring an edge and attitude in defense that will definitely help that, that team. I mean, if you tell me a guy's going to play really tough defense, I'm never going to find the Timberwolves. I'm not going to uh, walk away from that. Um, so, and it, you know, it gives them a good uh, backup option to, to 
D Russell with that second team and, and, you know, they probably could play together, but I, I just think defensively and kind of the edge that he's going to bring him and it's going to drive, you know, he drives people crazy. He's like, when he's on the other team, he can't stand him. When he's on your team, you probably love it. Yep. Um, but it also shows what a colossal miss the Culver pick was. Yep. Holy cow. Not only did you take him, you traded up and took him. And he couldn't shoot. So it was that that was a that was a flop of a pick. But um, you know, at least you at least you admitted you made a mistake. You moved on. You try to make the team better, and, and I do think what what uh, what he will bring defensively will be a, a bonus. So it sounds like when Gerson made the trade, and I think it was Dario Saric got sent to the Suns for the sixth pick. It sounds like I believe because we, we we talked about this with Dex as well on Mackie and Judd when the trade went down that the goal was to get Darius Garland at five. That's what they wanted. That's what or, they wanted. at six. At six. And, and Cleveland took him at five. And it's almost like Gerson panicked. It's like panicked. Yeah, Jerk I think over. Yeah, Jerk over. Because I, <laughs> I, and I was Cleveland. Were the reports that Cleveland had zeroed in on someone else? That probably they take it and and they so were I, pretty I think, confident. Well, yeah. I mean, they you obviously moved to six, thinking Cleveland was taking someone else, and they wanted Darius Garland. Um, and then when he doesn't, you probably just like, oh, and you're on the clock, and all of a sudden you got to take someone, and he just. Couldn't play, can't shoot, you know. It's no. important it, to shoot. It was, it was a bad pick. And so, um, and this is what, two years later? Mm-hmm. You know, two years after. It was, Ger- it was Gerson's first pick. Like, yeah, two years. First pick as GM or as yeah. basketball ops. Yeah. So, two years after moving up to take a guy in the top 10, you have to trade him. Um, that ain't good. But, um, so we'll see. I, you see reports that they're still chipping away, trying to find a way to, to, to make the Simmons trade work. I don't know if it ever will. I assume you, you're needed another team to be involved with it to make it all work. But um, if these are all true, he clearly has a fascination with Ben Simmons and sees as a vision for what it would look like with Cat. And yep, still, I just still don't know how you could get Ben Simmons without giving up Russell or you know you'd have to. So to make uh, it work, I think you'd have to. That's my guess. And so, and that's probably what he's holding. <laughs> that's probably what the holdup is. He's trying to, you know, get Simmons without doing it. I just don't know if that's even possible, but hey, who knows? Maybe they'll surprise him. Last thing for, for you um, has the Twins' recent surge, which I find to be beyond frustrating. Has the Twins' surge um, drawn you back in in any way, shape, or form with some curiosity about this ball? Not, not really. Not really. I mean, once. I sort of just kind of tuned them out once football started and, and got these other things going on. And it's when you're so far in a hole and then you start playing well, it's like, I guess it's better than losing, but it doesn't really. The only thing it does is if it doesn't infuriate you that they didn't play like this early in the year, but, um, but it is, you know, the one redeeming thing is you're seeing some young guys. Um, I think this has been incredibly valuable for Polanco. Because um, earlier in the year, I was thinking, you know, is he part of your core? And he, when he was struggling, it was him and Kepler were both struggling. I was like, ah, I mean, he's been around a long time, but he's really not doing anything. And, you know, he's been their best player by far. Um, so that's been nice to see, and you feel better about where he stands. But in terms of, like, entertainment value and stay, you know, 
re-engaging with them? I, I would say no. So Gladden Provis on the radio broadcast on Wednesday had a really interesting discussion, and I hadn't given this any thought, but it made sense, and it's it's somewhat mystifying as to what went wrong early. Do you remember, it's probably now a month or a month and a half ago, uh, the story came out where Rocco basically said, I'm bringing in the young guys early, we're doing extra work, so, sort of spring yeah. training stuff. And, yeah. and that, that, you know, it's a lost year. So we're going to try and do our best to not have fundamentals. Repeat yeah, we're gonna exactly. stress fundamentals. Yeah. Yeah. So glad and Gladden, who doesn't pull punches, <clears throat> unlike Valley Sports North, um, <laughs> Gladden went into, a, you know, saying, this is great. It's good to see. I'm seeing guys work on, you know, pitchers work on PFP. Uh, I'm seeing things that you haven't seen since spring training. But, you know, the point there was, like, why were they so unprepared? Like, if this is helping yeah. them now, what the hell happened? And and, well, and I do think, and part of my problem is, I do think it goes back to the old thing of Rocco's live and let live. I think you're going to do what you're supposed to do, so don't worry about it. And he finally was like, you guys aren't doing anything. So that, to me, is it, it's frustrating, but really enlightening and intriguing that this whole thing of let's work on baseball actually has sort of coincided with them starting to play decent baseball well that's yeah when he made a comment i got an, an email just as soon as you start saying it, it jumped back in my head the guy's like what were they doing as free trading man this is right they're just now getting to it and, and that's the thing like you remember when they when they first came out this year they were just like so fundamentally flawed yes opening like, day mistakes it's like and I, and I remember thinking at the time i may have written it's like have they been doing in Florida for the last six weeks? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, running, you know, running to bases, uh, base running errors and throwing errors and not hitting the cutoff guy. It just, it was just sloppy. And that is maddening where you, you, you basically have a lost season. And then six weeks in left of it, you decide, okay, we're going to start working on fundamentals. We're getting back to the basics. It's like, this is, and I don't know, you know, their pitching was so bad. I don't know that it would have mattered, but but it but it is it it's sort of an indictment on the coaching staff yes. and the office that yes that you're you basically saying okay now that we stink we're going to really start working on fundamentals so we don't so we can improve. It's like I don't know that that's exactly what people wanted to hear when the well, season almost over and then you start to play better because you're working on things. I I just. I think Rocco's philosophy on life is you're going to do what you're supposed to to do. So, you know, from Nelson Cruz to Miguel Sano, I trust you. Well, you can trust Nelson Cruz. You can't trust young players across the board. And you do wonder if, if they will, the organization will sit down after the season and and think about, is the environment too comfortable? Yeah. With guys. And, and because that's sort of how it felt to start the year. Like, there's no urgency, no, just like, hey, you know, let's, whatever happens, we'll be there tomorrow and we're going to, you know, take our naps. And, and you just wonder if it's, if there will be a, a need to, uh, sorry, my phone's going up there, uh, a need to kind of change their, their philosophy in terms of just approach. And if Rocco will, will I don't, you can't change who you are, but, um, the way they started out ain't it, you know? And, and so I, I would, I would, I would examine every, 
thing, every part of the operation this this winter. All right, man, get that call, okay? Go run, <laughs> run, boss. get that phone. Go pick up that phone. It's important. It's a big scoop. All right, Chip. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll see you. Yeah, All right, see you. bye-bye. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.